You need to manage your mind for mental freedom and prosperity. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give you it more abundantly. Do you know what this this abundant life is that Jesus has promised you? You must be set free in your mind in order to experience this abundant life. But Jesus said right before that, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's coming for your mind. Just because you've been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you've been renewed in your mind. You are called not to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to be transformed as a new being? You must renew your mind in order to walk in the new you, in order to step in the new season, in order to operate in the gift and the calling and just operate in your season to your fullness. You must have a new mind. So I'm going to give you three areas of your mind that you must manage daily. The first thing that Jesus said, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, it just means to change your mind. We have a great and mighty blessing from God that we can change our mind, that the Holy Spirit and the word of God has the power to change our mind. So I need to change my mind daily. I need to change how I see. You don't have to wait for a new year to be a new you. You just need a new mind. You It may be the same workplace, but a fresh mind. It may be the same scripture, but a fresh way to see it. So three aspects of your mind that you need to manage because whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Free indeed, but you gotta be free in your mind because the greatest prison in this world is right here within this mind. You can be locked in a physical prison but still have mental freedom because you are full of joy and peace and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. We have, we as Christians, we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We got Jesus Christ living and reigning and dwelling in our hearts. But there's some old thought patterns that need to be uprooted. We need to tend our garden. You have a garden in your mind. And this is the most precious garden within your soul. And thoughts, they are seeds. Just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. It may be true for you according to what you saw or what you experienced, but it's important to see from God's perspective, to see from God's lens. We want to know what's true in God's eyes because there's a difference between what's true and what's actually truth. According to your feelings and what you went through, it may have been true for you. But if you know the word of God, you can allow yourself to see that experience or that situation differently to lead to this freedom in your mind. I got some scripture here. 
I'm going to walk you through some verses, some meat for you to meditate on, but I will open up and number one, the number one thing that you need to manage in your mind is your thoughts. Again, thoughts are seeds. Don't receive every thought into the inner chambers of your heart and just accept it as truth. You got to test these thoughts. You got to discern these thoughts because the enemy is coming to plant lies. He's coming to plant a poverty mindset. He's coming to plant a lack mindset. He's coming to plant oppression, depression, anxiety. He wants to drop seeds into your mind from the kingdom of darkness. He's coming to steal your peace, steal your joy, steal your mental clarity, steal your freedom. And he's coming to kill and he's coming to destroy that good pleasure that you have in your mind when you're meditating on the things of Christ, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is honorable, whatever is of good rapport, meditate on these things and do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Pray about it. What is it? Pray about it. Be specific in your prayers, laser targeted prayers for the kingdom of God and lead yourself through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the scriptures to mental freedom. The enemy is coming for the mind each and every day. It is a war in the mind, which is why we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I'll open up there in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. We are talking about managing the thoughts as the number one point on mind management for mental freedom and prosperity in your mind. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, for though we walk in the flesh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we know that we are at a constant war, and this is not a physical war. It's not a war of flesh and blood, but it's a war in the mind. And we have weapons of our warfare. Ephesians 6, one of your weapons is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So it's the word of God that is going to come against these thoughts that are contrary to the will and the blessing of God. Spiritual warfare in its simplest form is a lie versus the truth. So you may be going through a battle, but can you discern why you are going through that battle? Sometimes you are just reaping the fruit of bad past decisions that you've made. It may be a decision that you made a decade ago, five years ago, one year ago, maybe yesterday, you made bad decisions. You stayed up late and you ate a full cake and now you're reaping that fruit this next morning and it's getting 
to your mind. So sometimes, yeah, we will reap the fruit of bad decisions because God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that is what he will reap. This is the law of sowing and reaping. Other times we're just in the flesh. We're, we're feeding into our flesh too much. It's not spiritual warfare. You're living in the flesh and you need to crucify your flesh and your desires to get to that, that freedom with Christ. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit. But here in 2 Corinthians 10, we have this war in the mind, but we have mighty weapons. The word of God is our weapon. If you are going through a time of hopelessness or discouragement, you can speak a word over yourself that I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Maybe you're dealing with a lot of impatience and because the world is really testing your patience or people are really testing your patience. And you can say Psalm 63, truly my soul silently waits for God alone. My expectation is from him alone. Maybe some people let you down and you need to know that your expectation doesn't come from people or this world, but your expectation comes from from God alone. Maybe you have some strong desires that are pulling you away from the things of God and you need to speak Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is a word for you and a word spoken in due season or in the right time. How good is it? So the more you know the word of God, the more you will be equipped to fight this spiritual war. When the enemy comes with these lies in your mind, you will be equipped with the truth. This is why it says in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So you must manage your thoughts. And here you have the power to cast down arguments every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you can take every thought into captivity and command it to obey Jesus Christ. Because sometimes the enemy wants to plant lies in your mind saying that you don't have power over your mind or that you're losing your mind or that your mind is being crushed because your mind is filled with a heaviness and a darkness and he wants to weigh this upon your mind. But you shall know the truth that you do have power over your mind. You do have power over your thoughts. In the name of Jesus, you have power to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This obedience, it's hearing correctly. It's hearing rightly. In this obedience, it's hearing amiss. It's hearing wrongly. We want to be able to hear God, we want a stillness within our souls so we can receive and download the things of the Spirit of God. One thing that takes your mind away from the things of God is the cares of this world because God wants to plant some good seeds within you, but there's cares in the world is one thing that will choke the seed. When you look at cares in the Greek, it means to divide the mind. 
So there's different cares for each person. Sometimes it's anxieties, it's worries. You may have received a mighty word of God and it filled you and it encouraged you. And then boom, you got a specific piece of information or a news or just the enemy trying to discourage you. And it's this care of the world trying to now lead you away from Christ, away from that peace that was so strong that you just had. So there's different cares that are trying to choke this seed within you. Abiding leads to flourishing. It's not always doing more in the kingdom of God because we serve a supernatural God who wants to multiply the goodness within you supernaturally. But you got to allow the good seed of the word of God to abide and reside and live and dwell within you. But it's hard to let that happen when you're meditating on the cares of this world. So you must be mindful, we're still on number one, of your thoughts. Be mindful of these thoughts that you are meditating on. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what are you thinking about? What are you meditating on? Number two is perspective. Sometimes you have to shift your perspective. In Jeremiah chapter one, God says to Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah said, I see a branch of an almond tree. He saw correctly and because Jeremiah saw correctly, God said, I'm ready to perform my word. Truth is, my friend, if you have Christ within you and you dwell in Christ, you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. You have your greatest desire. You have the greatest riches that you could ever ask for. But if you are filled with unthankfulness or ungratefulness, maybe for your spouse or your work situation, you have an ungodly desire for more, sometimes you need to shift your perspective. Change the way that you see because ungratefulness will lead you away from the kingdom of God. When 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Jesus is the one who will grab your hand and lead you beside still waters. He will make you dwell within green pastures, just meditating full of the presence and the word of God. So sometimes we need to shift our perspective, shift how we see, realize how blessed we are, realize how much God gave us. One of the, the tactic of the enemy in the garden was he dangled the eve he dangled the Eve. He dangled the apple in front of Eve to change her perspective away from all that she had unto the one thing that she didn't have. So three tactics of the enemy to pull you astray from the things of God are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There's pride in this life, pride of accomplishments, pride of making a big paycheck. There's a lot of different prides that will take us away from the simplicity of the joy of our salvation in Jesus Christ. There's things that we see when we look upon and we desire these things. The pride of the eyes, the lust of the eyes will try and pull us away, maybe from our spouse, maybe from where God wants us to focus 
These are three tactics of the enemy that try to take us away and change our perspective. So the enemy is coming for your perspective, but you want to see rightly because when you see rightly, then God says, I'm ready to perform something good within you. I'm ready to give you a new vision and a new sight. Romans 8 verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So are you living according to the flesh or the things of the Spirit? As Romans 8, 5 says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So where is your mind? What are you meditating on? Those who set their minds on the things of the Spirit will experience life and peace, is what it says in Romans 8, 6. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again, just because you've been going to church for decades, you can still have a carnal mind. You can still be sipping baby's milk with a carnal mind. You need a fresh mind. I don't care what age you are. I don't care what your religious background is. I don't care if you were a pastor's kid. You need a fresh mind. You need to shift your mind and see differently. God says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I want to do a new thing. God will do a new thing, but God cannot do a new thing when your mind is caught up in the past. When it's caught up on the old, you will not be able to see the new. Sometimes there's things, people that you need to forgive, forgive them, let it go. Say, I can forgive them because Jesus Christ forgave me. I can forgive. I can see it differently. I can shift my perspective. So number one, on three things that you need to manage in your mind. Number one is your thoughts because thoughts are seeds and these seeds have power. And we don't want to receive every seed or every thought as true, but we want to manage these thoughts. We want to throw out the bad, take inventory on what we're meditating on, and continue to receive of the good. Number two is perspective. Sometimes you need to shift your perspective so that way you can see rightly with all that God has blessed you with. And number three is experiences. You have eight to 10,000 experiences a day. How many of those experiences do you think that you saw correctly? How many of those experiences 
led to anxiety, worry, irritation, fear, jealousy, competition, wrath, selfish ambition. How many of those experiences did you fail to see from God's perspective? Well, go back, go back, look at the end of the day, go back into your experiences and choose to see it differently. Okay, it may have been an experience a year ago or 10 years ago. Go back and see what God was doing because all things work out for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God was working in that. God will restore everything the swarming locust, the crawling locust, the consuming locust ate. God will restore, but first you need to restore your mind and you need to change how you see that experience. See the experience differently. Shift your mind on that experience. See it from God's lens. Even Job In the book of Job, we have Job, who was a righteous man, so righteous in God's eyes that he even sacrificed for his kids just in case if they sinned against him. And in Job's eyes, everything he did was right and he was righteous. But in one moment of time, everything was taken from him, his kids, his house, his livestock, it was all gone. And this this crushed Job after a little while, and his friends came against him. But towards the end, Job chose to shift his perspective and change how he saw that experience. He chose to repent. He chose to forgive his friends. He chose to see, hey, I'm not actually righteous. It's only God that is righteous. It's only God that actually knows everything. Because God tried to show him how the world was being run. He said, can you make the sun rise? Can you wake up the birds in the morning? And Job actually understood that he couldn't even see a fraction of of anything. So we got to look back into our past and we got to shift some of these experiences. It could have been yesterday. It could have been a decade ago. But when you can change how you saw that experience and fill it with purity, fill it with love, fill it with peace, this will restore your mind and give you that mental freedom and prosperity. And this isn't just a message that you hear once and you do once, but this is a message that you need to receive into your soul and you need to walk in daily, constantly shifting your mind, constantly changing your mind. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. First Peter 1.22 says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which the gospel was preached to you. So you've been born again of a different seed. A seed that's not perishing, but it's incorruptible. Incorruptible. This is the seed of the word of 
God, I'm giving you seed right now. And you have an opportunity to take this seed and implant it into your soul. There are different things that prevent a seed from growing. One of them is the depth of that seed. If that seed isn't planted deep enough, it won't allow it to take root and bear fruit. Because sometimes that seed gets choked by cares of this world. It gets choked by attacks of the enemy because the enemy wants to come and snatch that seed right after Sunday service, right after the Bible study, right after you just had the great victory. The enemy wants to come for that seed. This is what happened to Elijah. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah slays the 450 prophets of Baal, has one of the greatest victories of his life, but then Jezebel comes at him with a threat and he runs away and he gets so exhausted to the point where now he's meditating on hopelessness, on discouragement, on despair, and even death for himself. And he's praying that God would even end his life, even though he just had the greatest victory of his life because he's so filled with fear. When God brings a great and mighty seed into your soul, the first thing that the enemy does is he wants to distort it, change this perspective. He wants to twist it. He wants to put his claws on it, rip it out of your soul because it's this incorruptible seed when it's planted into the depths and the chambers of your heart written and engraved on your mind. It will change you. It will transform you. It will allow you to be that new healed version of you. But in order to be that healed version of you, you got to see differently. You got to change your perspective. You got to monitor your thoughts. You got to see those experiences differently and actually say, hey, God was working out in that experience. God was doing something good. God may have been protecting me in a way that I couldn't actually see. God was removing those people from my life so that way he can lead me to a more abundant life because God had a better plan for me. God set me apart. God will remove you from certain people so that way you can prosper in your life. But can you choose to see the experience differently? Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This is what happens. Whatever you do shall prosper when you can meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. There's a promise for you that you will be planted like a tree. Trees, they are not easily uprooted. Trees have roots that grow deep. Trees are not shaken. Trees are not moved. God wants you to be like a tree and a tree planted by streams of river. Trees planted by streams of, of rivers are actually often protected from the fires too because the fire can't even get to that wet soil that is there by 
the river. So God wants you to be like a tree. He wants you to be planted and he wants you to flourish. But in order for you to flourish, you got to be planted in his word. So manage your mind by looking over your thoughts, your perspective, number two, and number three, your experiences. These three things will affect number one, your body, Number two, your behavior. And number three, your emotions. Your mind will affect your body. So if you've been feeling a certain way in your body, sometimes you need to take an inventory of your mind. What thoughts have you been meditating on? What experiences have you been seeing wrongly? What way do you need to shift your perspective? Because the thoughts in your mind will affect your body. They can lead to a heaviness in your body. They can lead to headache. They can lead to even failure of organs. This is how powerful the mind is. And God knows this, which is why he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God lives and dwells within you. You have the spirit of the living God with you. How great is the fellowship of Jesus Christ. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells within Jesus, and in Christ you are seated with him in heavenly places, blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. See it differently. Change your perspective. Be renewed in your mind. Be healed in your soul, and receive with meekness the implanted word into the depths of who you are and allow it to shift and change how you see for the glory of God. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. And I will see you very soon. Let me know. Engage with me in the comments. Drop something. Ask me a question. Let's chat. God bless you. Bye-bye.